0: Talking rugby, (laughs) telling stories, Rugby Pick'em. Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Who cares? Who knows? Why bother? Welcome back to Rugby Pick'em. I'm BT. I'm here with one of my favorite old friends, colleagues, co-hosts. His name is Logan Collins. Brett, it's a
1: pleasure to be here with you today. Looking forward to it.
0: Logan, thanks for coming in. We're here today to talk about a user's guide to helping in your rugby community. Obviously, we're gonna be facing financial hardships coming off the back of the pandemic. The sad reality is that clubs will have a devastating financial situation having missed an entire season Uh, they may be lacking in registration and quite frankly even up to the professional level uh, they're going to be missing out on revenue they could have had my point is the rugby community will be under duress in this current situation and what i'd like to do here is have a conversation about when it's safe to return how people can inject themselves in the community how they can help bring back rugby to maybe stronger standing than we were before the pandemic, but it's going to be hard sailing right now. For sure. I think for
1: any any coach or administrator or owner that is currently involved in the rugby world, I think that's all they're thinking about right now. It's going to be such a huge question mark as to how it looks when we get back on board or back online, I guess, with you know being able to practice and play do competitive rugby. Um, You don't know what your club's going to look like. You don't know what the money's going to look like. You don't know what the roster's going to look like. It's it's nothing but questions right
0: now. We broke it into four parts. We're going to go active players. We're going to talk about how retired players can help, how coaches can help, and how just fans and old boys can help. Let's start with active players. We're going to break it down into individual ages. Let's start with the very simple middle schoolers, the little tikes running around with their shoelaces untied, ages 8 to 13. Right now, I would tell any middle school player, just show up. If you're involved in a local rugby club, all you have to do is continue playing and continue having fun, and that's the most important thing that you can do right now. You would hope that anybody playing middle school, high school, at the youth levels
1: they don't necessarily need extra incentive on on playing. Um, sure, this has been, I mean, anybody who gets out back out to play, they should be thirsty. They should just be ready to, to dive right back into it. Hopefully, if you're at that age, you're getting involved with rugby, it's enough fun for you to where just even getting back out to be in that social scene is enough.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a victory, right? This is the age when critical skills like ball handling, defensive spacing, safe tackling are really formed. But more importantly, just have fun. Make sure it's something that you enjoy. What about the high schoolers? We're talking ages 14 to 18. I think the message is continue to show up. At this age, you're literally going to develop friendships for life. You don't understand that right now, but just even with a few teammates, you'll continue to stay in touch with them for the rest of your life because you put in this unbelievable sacrifice. You know, you won, you lost, you cried, you scored, you got smashed. But it helped you develop life skills that will help you manage and cope with the world beyond high school rugby. So my, my message to high school kids is just like, stick with it and enjoy the hell out of it because it goes way too fast. I second that. I think that
1: um, I say, would say the same thing for the, the middle school-age kids, if If you're getting involved with rugby, if you are involved with rugby in your high school years, hopefully it's enough fun to where that's incentive enough for you. Even if it's something aside from that, if you need to start looking and planning for your rugby future, if you're interested enough in this game to where you think about what it looks like to play at a college level, what it looks to play at a um, a men's or women's club level, a national level, professional level, whatever it might be, high school rugby is the most important years for forming who you're gonna be as a player. If you skip a skill set throughout your rugby years, it's gonna be a challenge for you. So aside from even just the social fun aspect of it, actually adding to your, you know, tools to your toolbox in the rugby world, those high school years are
0: the most important for you. So development. Play multiple positions. Ask the coach to be pushed harder. Right now, the zoomer generation who are currently fourteen <clears throat> to eighteen. Is that an actual term? Well, it's Gen Z, but we call them Zoomers because they Zoom around with their ADD, you know, just looking for something every single second of the day. But what I would say to the Zoomers who are kind of pinned down with school from home quarantine-esque environments, it's very clear that they're feeling pent up um, and it's very clear they're children of the internet. So what I would encourage is actually during this pandemic, lock on to (laughs) like... People on social media who are good rugby content creators. Go find somebody who can cut up nasty highlight reels and you start watching those films. Maybe you find a skill specialist who posts their workouts online and you can learn from there. There's always an online community waiting for these kids. And I think if they go in and do a little digging on the internet, they can really find... their Success is only a few clicks away, Logan.
1: Yeah, I think... I should probably backtrack to the first thing I should have said for any of these different age groups is, I mean, if the question is what can you do to keep progressing in your rugby career, watch rugby. That applies whether you are age 10 or age 50. Watch it, watch it, watch it. If you can't play it, that's okay. You can still watch it. That's a way of participating and actually building your skill set without needing to get out on the field, without needing organized league fixtures and practices and all that.
0: Let's go to the college players. We're talking 18 to 21. I can remember back to being a complete shithead at that age. Did I apply myself completely to my club rugby college team? Probably not, but it was one of the things I was most passionate about. This is the age where you can really like start to spread your wings. Not just as a rugby player, but as a human being. I encourage people to like become more dependable as you get older. Whether that means trying to take on a little more responsibility, nothing that you can't realistically handle, but something that will ask enough of you to develop your skills, that's super important. Taking small things off your coach's game day schedule will go so far into making you a more competent human being. On the human front, be a better human. Help your teammates get a ride to practice. Help your teammates who are struggling uh, academically. Like, there's a lot of easy ways to just kind of mature overnight in college. And I think males take longer than females to mature. But this was a point in my career where I like, realized there was a bit more to just helping yourself. Agree?
1: Completely agree. I think this is could potentially be a longer conversation about... Um, becoming a varsity program an NCAA program that is and title IX and what it actually takes for a lot of colleges to get there but exactly what you're saying I think that applies to so many collegiate players men and women throughout the country to where if it was being approached in a way that was an NCAA sport where they were held to these strict standards as to how you're gonna perform how you're gonna prepare the film you watch the way that each of us would progress if we actually had that expectation of us at a very pivotal point in your rugby career, it's going to change the opportunities you have access to later on in your, your rugby world. So I hope that players, even if you know during quarantine times and, and what it's going to look like after the pandemic, I really hope that they have some way to not only just maintain the basic level of effort you need to dedicate to be a rugby player but actually think about what that means to be a little bit different you're going to work a little bit harder you're going to give yourself a bit of an opportunity train for it like you're a professional because who knows maybe one day you do have the option
0: yeah i I grew up in kind of that club college atmosphere where the players were asked to organize um kind of do everything But sadly, I don't think there are enough varsity programs in in the U.S. collegiate system. There are some that are very good at what they do. I don't think there's enough. We'll see in later conversations how we can build that up. But our message to college kids is just like, dig into your coach. Become a student of the game. Ask your coach, why are we doing this drill? How does this translate to the game? Uh, The more questions you ask, the more you'll become a coach in your head and then... You know, confidence carries itself. If you feel comfortable operating and talking about the game, you'll be an exponentially better player. Yeah, there's
1: no downside of this. Whether it's a completely self-serving sort of reason as you want to advance yourself in your own rugby career, great. That's enough. If it's something where you want to think about what you can do to give back to your team, the rugby community, same time. That should be enough as well. There's plenty of reasons to be involved, stay involved, hopefully be pretty active when we get
0: back at it. Alright, let's talk post-college, ages 21 and up. This usually falls into the club spectrum, but we're not ruling out the professional atmosphere. We have the MLR. It's an amazing opportunity that you know you and I didn't necessarily have the the option to. Of course, we had old pro rugby classic 2016, never forget. But right now, what would you tell players who are 21 and older? How can they help the game I'm gonna let you start this time and then I'll counter with what I think 21 and older how they can help the game so <clears throat> active players yeah
1: of course so I mean but we're just talking 21 and older so like you said this provide this um, this is addressed to the club level players but also the professional players yeah anybody. so if it's the club level players I, I mean this is just like what you would say to anybody in the country it's been a very challenging 2020 um, in terms of your work, in terms of your social life, in terms of your ability to interact with your family, your friends. It's been tough. Um, I would bet most people are like I am and how I have been throughout my last 15 years of my life to where rugby is such like a therapeutic sort of part of my life. My ability to able to go out and have, a, I don't know, a rough day at work, but then just get full on into practice and then like I'm doing something selfless and working towards a greater goal and then maybe getting to you know dive in and play on a weekend that's enough for me so the idea of what do we ask of these players what what do we think that they should do on getting back into rugby just play Uh, yeah I I hope it's not something we really need to sell them on I think that for all the the hardships that anybody of any sort of walk of life might have gone through this year what does it look like when you're actually able to get back and hopefully do this thing that you've, that's you've? been the, the highlight of your day, the highlight of your week for the last however many years of your life? I'm hoping just that alone is enough to get it done.
0: If you look out into the club world beyond the U.S., the Kiwis, Aussies, Europeans, they have very, very deep clubs, right? Five yeah. different grades. We don't have that in the States. But there are always clubs looking for new players. We have, weirdly, one of the biggest player players, pools from registered players yeah. but we are so geographically splintered it's very hard to put those players to efficient work Absolutely. Right? and I think that if people just are living at home with their folks right now if they're feeling down and out if they're looking to make a leap into something new, get online find a city that you like <clears throat> or interests you, look up the clubs in those cities email, cold email you're a club president, Logan. Do you like a cold email? Do I Nothing like gets me more excited <laughs> than a cold email who is reaching out to me and they have some sort of pitch and I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it. I know a lot of people who deal with heavy email traffic hate that shit. But as a guy mm-hmm. who just like appreciates a random ping, a cold email can sometimes like change your fucking life. And I think that people who are sitting at their parents' house who want something more – Just go to the major city near you, email the clubs, tell them you're trying to get involved. More often than not, they're looking to recruit, and they'll find a way to make it work. So just kind of speak up and and make it happen. Carve your own route.
1: I was going to say, we obviously have our close ties to the Denver Barbarians, RFC, and... Bleed Green. Bleed Green. And um, even during this year, where obviously not a whole lot of rugby is being played the amount of people that have still reached out they've moved here they've somehow wanted to get involved with rugby for a variety of reasons the amount of people that have just that have still reached out and talking about you know they understand that practice can't happen right now but they're still talking about when can i get involved how can i get involved asking about rugby they can watch and even some people that if you have a some sort of platform for the team to stay involved whether it's an email group a social media group a facebook i mean facebook page whatever it might be The amount of people who still want to get woven into that because that's such a big part of the rugby world, Um, there's a lot of different ways that I think people can still be involved in rugby, even when we're not out there being able to do it as we typically would.
0: And we'll get to that. Our, Our next section is recently retired. But one last thing I just want to say on the active players if you have an extremely successful career, it usually lasts a decade plus. That is not a lifetime. I would always tell players, look to how you are going to earn your living after rugby. Because yeah. a lot of guys are going to go for MLR and try and be professional. But you should always be back building your business skills. And sometimes the best way to do that is to join a club. Before because, we move
1: on here, if you don't mind. I, actually no, wanna,
0: um,
1: I think that's an incredibly important topic. Something you could probably spend an entire podcast on. Somebody's ability to try to maintain some vision for what their, we'll call it their professional, um, outside of rugby career life could look like versus what their professional rugby career would look like. Um, That looks way different today than it did 10 years ago because now currently, domestically, somebody has the ability to rock up to uh, some MLR program in a city close to them and try to take a shot at it. whereas. And by that I mean really be able to dive in, think about what it looks like to be 21, 22 years old, any age, and say you want to dedicate all of your time to training rugby. The idea of like, do you want to work a full-time job doing something else? Do you want to do a part-time job doing something else? No, you just want to go full-on to rugby. That option didn't really exist domestically you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, any other time previously. but. There's, there's plenty to be said for people that do it full on and don't give themselves a safety net, a financial a career safety net. They don't have a backup plan. You can give so much effort and so much dedication to the game and what role that plays in your life and still be able to have some sort of vision for you know a career, a job, to invest in yourself in other ways.
0: I think you can launch an entire career in an industry you knew nothing about simply because someone on the rugby club knew somebody else and they hired you. And I'm a prime example of that right now. I called a buddy from a club. I told him I was interested in a new industry. And here I am with a job that I'm very happy with. And this happens all the time in rugby clubs. So even if you want to take the professional route, make sure you're involved in a club and make sure you're coming out and playing when it's safe to get back. Uh, One last note on the active players, I wanna say, play hard as you get older, you gotta start to respect your body more. Um, We used to be young 20 year old shitheads who would smash each other all week in practice and in the game and then go out and just drink till the sun came up and then go to our nine to five jobs. And Logan, as you get older, you need to start treating your body with a little more respect. So all I'll say on that is if you're continually getting injured over and over, hang up your cleats. But just don't walk away from this sport altogether. There's many other options, which leads us to our next topic, recently retired players. Logan, I'm going to start with high schoolers, ages 14 to 18. And to that I say, why are you retiring? You're so young, stick with it. If you're thinking about quitting the sport at ages 14 to 18, have you asked yourself the simple questions of why you don't enjoy it? Do you still want to be involved? Have you spoken with your coach about it? We won't spend a lot of time on recently retired high schoolers, but all I beg of them is do you really want to quit or is it just like a whim and a feeling? Right.
1: Uh, I initially thought I had nothing to say on this topic, but, um, but really for high school players, no doubt, do not quit, um, for sure. There's been a bit of a gap in the, the rugby that you could have access to play right now, but I started playing when I was 17 years old. Before that, I knew nothing about rugby. I played sports, I played it for fun, I played it for the normal reasons that high school kids play sports. Um, I, ex- I excelled, I did okay. I wasn't getting a full-ride scholarship anywhere on something, but then I started playing rugby. Even that first year, was I absolutely in love with it? No, it was something I had to work through, something I wasn't great right away. I really never ended up being the greatest player I probably could have been, but even if you're not a natural fit for it when you're 17, 18 years old, I do think that there's still plenty of room for you to excel and progress and what it can do for you all across all spectrums of life in your rugby life, in your work life, in your social life, you should only stick with it. It's, it's not going to fail you.
0: And, Logan, not to mention, you might hit a growth spurt in college, which is what I did. I was a gangly motherfucker in high school. I grew into 6'3", 200 pounds, oh, yeah. a nice, healthy, weird size in between a flanker and a center. Oh, um, but I really popped in college, which brings us to our next recently retired bucket, what do the recently retired folks do in college? Now, Logan, I, I I'm I can realize that this is coming off a little preachy, so I do want to let the audience know right now, we are just throwing out every scenario possible. Yeah. Right? We're not saying that, you know, everybody has this obligation to be the best person they can be. So let me just say to the college people who've had a tough injury, who are out of shape, who realize the full contact game just isn't for them. Whatever led them to that retirement decision doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to control their future path in rugby. College clubs, aside from the small list of varsity programs, are usually run and organized by the players themselves. So if playing isn't for you, there's so many things you can do to stay involved. And one thing that comes to mind, slot in as a team manager. This involves submitting game day rosters, capturing match day reports, sculling beers in a boat race after the match. It's not that hard to be a manager. Just because you're not out there doing the full contact and playing the game doesn't mean you can't contribute on a ton of levels.
1: No doubt about it. Um, College rugby, more so than any other age grade, probably has a reputation for having that full-on cultural rugby experience in that it's, you know, of course, you have the rugby on the field, but I think in college, that's really when that off-the-field culture really starts to to dig in, Um, you know, whether it's having drinks with some of the boys, doing some of these road trips. With that being said, there's so many other ways you can get involved. You don't have to be on the field. There is this entire off-field experience that has developed and is only going to continue to develop if you do, in fact, stick with your rugby. But, College rugby is really is really where it starts to offer you a bit more and gives you a bit more reason to stick
0: with it. Not to mention your teammates will think the world of you if you hang around and stay involved in the culture. Because you know, it's very easy to judge somebody who's like, oh yeah, they quit rugby, they suck. But if, yeah. if you if rugby's not for you, you're not gonna get a ton of shame if you're like, hey, guys, listen, this full contact game isn't for me, but I yeah. still want to be a part of this culture.
1: Well, fraternities, you know, people probably have a certain understanding. Of, you know, fraternities might get a bit of a bad rap as to what they are and what they mean in the American collegiate system. Rugby's absolutely a fraternity. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that this is a group of guys or girls that will get together. They play. They have this sort of common interest and a certain thing that they can have fun with. So even if you're not there for the on-field experience, can you be there for the off-field fraternity that naturally comes with the game? Absolutely, you can.
0: Of course. And it'll plug you into a million opportunities down the line. Yeah. Let's talk post-college, ages 21 and up. You're recently retired. What's the easiest thing to do to inject yourself in the community? You gotta become a coach. That's the Oof. easiest way, plain and simple. Anybody who's ever coached a rugby team, high school, college, or club, they could have always used more help, Logan. Um, And and from my experience, I've coached a high school with people. I've coached a high school team solo. It's much easier with partners who are there, who want to talk it out with you, who are honestly just willing to show up at the same time and can cover Mm -hmm. you when you're late. It's so much easier in numbers because coaches are asked to do a lot. When you coach a team solo, you have so much on your plate. And if someone's just like, hey, I'm willing to volunteer my time to help you, I think that the solo coach who probably has experience, they're going to be not only begging for you to come under their fold, they're going to be willing to mentor you as well. So the minute you can take a little bit of responsibilities off a head coach by just saying, hey, I'd love to be an assistant coach for you, your help will go so much farther than you could have ever dreamed no doubt about that.
1: Um, I will push back though and say that I actually don't think that's the best way to stay involved. Um, If we're talking about the general person, post-college, had played some rugby, high school collegiate, what does their future look like in rugby if for some reason they're not actually on the field? What does staying involved look like? Staying involved can look like plain touch. If we're talking about what's the easiest way for me to stay involved, There's a lot of rugby out there. There's a lot of rugby programs, a lot of um, casual rugby events. You can still stay involved in the conversation, still stay involved in the competition to an extent and play touch rugby. If that actually helps you develop your skills and your understanding of the game and keeps you involved in it enough to where you then have the ability to actually coach someday, no doubt about it. But I think the progression Hopefully, for a coach, in my mind, whether you're a high school collegiate, professional coach, I hope that progression comes from years of experience in playing. And then not even just only, again, the on-field, but the off-field experience that comes with those years as well. And then hopefully, hopefully, you can add some value on the field. I a coach. like that.
0: I like that idea. And we're going to get more into coaching because that's our next segment. But one last thing I'd like to add for recently retired players, if you don't want to coach... Help create content, right? I know we do this thing on Rugby Pick'em where we have a few beers and we get on the mic. Is that content? Maybe, maybe not. But there are clubs out there who own their own pitch and can generate small amounts of revenue from match day game tickets and booze sales. The more people who come to those games, Logan, the better the club does. And what's a better way to get people involved who may have been retired old boys for years sitting in quarantine right now than to bring the game to them over the internet. Shoot short little videos. Get on your team's Instagram and do Instagram Lives. Take pictures, do sideline interviews, write match day reports, help build the team website. Retiring from the game doesn't mean you still can't play a massive role, perhaps even a bigger role than you as an individual player in the success of your team for any organization any
1: club that exists in any different level the idea of having an extra employee of the squad an extra um administrator something who's willing to help out that utility guy a utility guy um it's a manager whatever you want to call it somebody who's willing to step up and help that club that goes for miles with any club it's with any rugby team, you're strapped for resources, money, um, field space, coaches. you got to put all these things together to make it work. If you can have one extra person who will take some of that off the plate of whoever's really steering the ship, it's going to help so much.
0: You don't have to be a cap player for your country to have passion for the game. Correct.
1: I know some guys that, uh, I guess maybe not just high school, but guys that did play High school and collegiate rugby maybe dipped their toes into men's rugby, but still wanted to be involved, and they are coaching high school programs. They are still staying somewhat involved with collegiate programs. You do not have to have some long decade, decade, and decade-long career to, to really add something back to the rugby world.
0: Now, speaking of coaching, this brings us on to our third subcategory, um, coaches in general. Here's my theory. It's very simple, and it's kind of what the traditional powerhouse rugby countries do. The high school rugby players should be coaching the middle school rugby teams. The college players should be actively involved in their high school club teams. The clubs should be coached by a mix of respected old boys, recently retired players, and anybody who can add value to a club environment. Uh, It truly does take a village to coach. Now, I heard what you said before about how you'd like to see a little more development instead of like, hey, I retired, boom, now I'm a coach. In a perfect world. In a perfect world. But I would push back and just say the demands of coaching are absolutely incredible. A good head coach, he has to know his team inside out, names, faces, strengths, weaknesses, egos, insecurities, and and a ton of other factors that makes a player who they are. The coach has to put the game plan together, right? It could be simple or it could be a big layered concept, but it has to be based around the team and it has to be delivered through effective teaching. And this is where it gets hard. This is where it becomes so damn hard. You can be so technically efficient as a coach, but if you can't teach it, if you can't get buy-in from your players, you're kind of dead in the water. You have to be a master of what you're teaching top to bottom. But it involves a level of passion and an empathy that your average office job, you know, that you or I do, like in our day to day lives, like doesn't involve. You really need to create buy in with your passion. And that's kind of easy because anybody who wants to become a coach is like, fuck, I'm passionate as fuck about this game. I wanna bring it to the next level. I wanna help my high school. The passion's easy. Do you have the empathy then to deal with all the egos? are you able to understand where players are coming from from all over the spectrum? Because I coach Logan both high school and college, and I'm still not sure which one needs more coddling. Uh, because the high school kids have a worse attention span, but in a way the college kids are like almost less mature because they kind of think they're young men and they're not. <laughs> if you know what you don't know, then you, you truly know what you know. And with college kids, they... They don't know what they don't know yet. Uh, whereas high school kids are kind of like um, more open ears, in my experience. That's just my personal experience. What do you think about coaching? What do I think about let's, coaching? Let's go back to just these Yeah, two you factors. lost me
1: then with the whole like the, yeah. these guys are kids, but they're yeah. not really kids. You know what you know, yeah. Um, so, like we were talking about before, and I guess maybe like I was saying before, I was talking so much about what I see out of a perfect rugby coach. And if you can somehow have these decades of experience behind you um, playing, actually being involved in the rugby world, what that can really do and for your ability to offer a good product onto other players. But you're absolutely right, just to have that passion, that passion, that willingness to go out and be involved in the club, you don't need decades of experience for that. You can do it with a handful of years experience, but just your willingness to stay involved um, that's huge. And, and what, do I, what do I think you actually need to be effective in that role? Absolutely. I think you really need to be able to connect with players at whatever level you're, you're talking about. We're talking college players. What they're going to be interested in is going to be so much different than that of a, a men's, you know, I guess the, the life events going on in that of a men's or women's club Um, player. Um, Same thing with high school. Trying to recruit high school players in order to to get involved. Walking through
0: puberty. Oh, for sure.
1: Um, And like you said, maybe short attention spans. Maybe they haven't quite figured out what it looks like to work hard. Uh, Maybe they haven't had something that really pushed them to the amount of effort and really kind of helped realize their character as much as rugby might do for them. I know personally for me, at no point had I ever really been pushed and pushed hard into to some of these rugby experiences that I've had over the years, and that's nothing but you know a um, something that encourages you as an individual, start to realize who you are, what you can do, the the dark places you're willing to go to. Um, so if you're somebody who can really help facilitate that as a coach, that's gonna I mean you can spread that to you know hundreds of people that follow you.
0: It really does take years off your life if you truly throw yourself into a program and like all the players have your number. Yeah, and it's basically like adopting. 40 sons or daughters but the hardest decisions you'll make whether it be like player discipline right somebody stepped out of line what's the appropriate way to like clamp down on them with still being reasonable Um, to just honestly picking a 23-man lineup from a group of 40 players that are extremely close in skill and stature.
1: Question for you either in high school or in the college coaching you've done Have you had a player approach you about potentially not making a roster or just maybe their concerns about where they're at in the depth chart? And how did that conversation go? How do you think is the right way to handle
0: that? Transparency is the word for how to handle it. Because when you let a player know exactly where they stand with you, they can go one of two ways. They can tuck their tail between their legs if they don't like the news and and be Mm -hmm. fucked about it or they can work harder to take the information you gave them and, and turn that into a positive for them. So for kids who I have to have that conversation of, hey, you worked hard this week, but you're not gonna make the 23-man roster, I'm very, very straightforward with why they didn't make it and how they can overcome that. And there are some fucking hard-ass kids that come at me every week. All right, coach, here's what I put in. You know, What's the immediate feedback? And sometimes the answer is the same exact one I gave you last week. And to be fucking patient. Uh, But I respect players that take the feedback I give them and immediately put it to work. Because it's those that aren't willing to listen and think that I'm wrong, right? Think that I just got it wrong. Be like, oh, that coach doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. He didn't pick me. You know, that's the most close-minded attitude you can have. That's the easiest way to send yourself down this path of F the world and, and everybody's out to get me. Like, the really open-minded kids are the ones that get benched in college when they've been nothing but a high school starter their whole time, and instead of dwelling on it, figure out how to be better. And I'll even tell the studs of my team what their weaknesses are. And, and at some point, they'll be like, Oh, coach, why are you riding me this hard? Like, I'm clearly the best player on the team. But I expect so much more out of you if you are the best player. And I'll, I'll give you a million reasons why you're not ready for the next level and how to get there. Be transparent, be honest with these kids, and uh, I wrote this here in the blog, coaches always end up becoming mentors. Because it just means something to a young athlete. If you're willing to go take a dog shit salary to go coach this team because you love it, some coaches don't even get paid. They always end up becoming mentors.
1: You'd imagine most coaches probably don't get paid.
0: Most coaches do not get paid in the U.S. If you're hearing that internationally right now, just remember that if you want to fly over here and and get involved in our community. You will be doing it for dirt money at best. This brings us into our last and what should be most fun section of the how can you help. It's the old boys and the fans. I think we can get a little less serious with these folk right here. Let's start with just the general fans. You just love rugby. You never played You never were involved. How can you help? Well, if you're feeling cooped up after the pandemic, again, when it is safe to return, because we're putting this out there right now in a time where it's not safe, but we understand how devastating it's going to be on our community. So when it is safe, Logan, go out to games on Saturday. If you're free, bring your family, spend money Buy drinks if your team owns a bar. If you live in an MLR city, bring your friends and family. Buy a jersey at the game. Why not? Inject a little money into the community. It will go so far as a fan. And guess what? You might have a great time.
1: Aside from the professional rugby that hopefully will be available in 2021, and years going forward, aside from the MLR, every, most every other rugby event you're going to go to in America – it's free. It's absolutely free. You have to pay a dime to get in. You just have to show up to the park, to the stadium, whatever it might be. Most of them are free. You got to bring your chair and your cooler.
0: It's pretty easy.
1: That's all you have to do. So, um, look, I think hopefully, if you're a fan of the game and if you're willing to participate in this process and and enjoy the product, um, absolutely, bring yourself, bring your friends, bring your family. Pull up a chair, have a drink, enjoy it all.
0: Let's move to the old boys, all right? We're not just talking general fans here. These are people who were thoroughly invested at one point in their career. They probably fell into one of the categories we've already spoken about. So we may be a bit more critical on these old boys now. We may be asking a bit more of them. But Logan, this is something that's right up your alley as club president of the Denver Barbo's. Any good front office for club rugby usually comes from a backbone of old boys who put their heart and soul into taking care of the things that the players shouldn't have to worry about. Booking the training fields, scheduling the matches, arranging for travel, these all seem very mundane, but from somebody in their 50s or 60s who has done this before on a club level and who probably has had a successful like business career, become part of your rugby club board. Is that not the easiest thing for you to do as an old boy? It's not easy, but it's the most necessary.
1: Yeah, I guess that's that was going to be the only thing I was going to push back on was easy. Is it easy to truly go, you know, pull out all the stops, be that involved and be a club member of a rugby program? Do I think it's the hardest thing in the world? No. I do I think it's a Very reasonable thing to give back, absolutely. I do. Is it easy? Listen, you don't have to solve all the problems for your rugby club. For every club across the country, the obstacles, the to do list are going to look the same. We need money, we need a place to play, we need coach, we need jerseys, we need uh, a way to travel, uh, we need resources. For every old boy that can provide some level of resource, just a little, I mean, and in, in, in some of them will, you know, will just. Easily step up and say, hey, my financial resource is all I can offer. Here's $100, $1,000, anything helps, any rugby program. Um, But for other people that have other resources, they have the ability to put players to work. They have housing. They have other things that they can offer that will somehow benefit the program.
0: Their network.
1: Their network. Being a resource. Be the resource that you can so many old boys would obviously imagine this means like financial resource. And of course, that's a part of the game. Is that the only one? No. I think anybody who has played rugby, they know the mindset of the rugby player while they're in their rugby days, in their competitive days. They don't want to wake up every morning and worry about if you have a permit for the field. They don't want to have to worry about who booked the, the flights. Um, anything you can do to be that resource hopefully that administrative resource that just is the one-stop shop handles everything to gives that platform for the players to do what they bet to do what they do best and that's
0: play using their experience from their playing career from the business world their overall knowledge of the particular club's community that just helps players do what they do best and that is play now of course logan this is where we can really take the piss out of old boys you can always find a way back onto the field. Aspen Rugger Fest has a beautiful 45s and older, 55s and older, 65s and older. I think that the uh, British rugby community kind of invented old boy rugby because every time I go on an Aspen tour, there's some old fucking pisshead palm club, <laughs> 65 and up. The Kiwis will love a bit of old boy rugby too. Um hmm. The fact is you can still smash your body at 55-65 at if you really want to. You can. And the
1: beauty is you don't have to commit to it for <laughs> four or five months at a time. You can rock up to an old boys tournament. Nice
0: little four or five day commitment.
1: Yeah, I mean, You can do it a two day commitment. You can just put in a performance and see how long you can hold your breath, bang it out, go back home and lick your wounds.
0: One thing I would say to old boys too is that let's say you've been running a club for 10 years. Right? Put a decade into your life into it. And you're gonna pass the reins right now to someone who's younger. Continue to mentor them and and stay involved, but don't get in their way. Just because they're doing something different than than what you deem to be you know, the way to run the club, don't undermine them. Don't go to your old boys and kinda like fucking bitch and moan about how the new guard is doing it. Just step the fuck out of the way and and retire gracefully. Um, I, I, and the whole point of this podcast is to argue you don't need to retire gracefully right? because there's always a need in the club. Some of these young 20-year-olds just need a granddad to like buy them beers on a Saturday. You want to be a pisshead? You want to just go out to the bars and, and buy the boys' rounds? There's a fucking role for that. Most of the players who I knew in their 20s were living paycheck to paycheck. Now, some of the smarter ones got on top of their career and made a little more money for themselves, right? And could swagger a little at the bar, maybe a little Chuck Adjurista, I'm buying the rounds for tonight. But most of the players I know would fucking love an old boy to come in and buy the rounds for the night. So there really are no excuses, old boys. If you're hearing this right now, if somehow you found your way onto the internet or the pod world... And this audio is coming through your ears. Please, I beg you, stay involved. And that doesn't mean just your wallet and your checkbook. It means your your expertise, your experience. That all goes so far.
1: There's a myth I think in the rugby world. As you start getting older, um, it changes probably from decade to decade that you're supposed to grow out of it. That you're supposed to grow out of playing rugby um, as a player, as a fan, as as an old boy. You know, how much effort, how much attention are you really supposed to dedicate to this? The answer is that if you're having fun with it, forever is the answer. Um, because it benefits you. You're a, It benefits you as a person. It benefits the people you can influence. This is your way of paying it back and paying it forward all at the same time. So there's no reason for somebody to step away. Life happens, I get that. Not everybody has the luxury of being able to dedicate some extra time or resources to their rugby program, high school, college, a club, whatever it might be. But if you do have the ability to, stick with it. It's again, paint it back, paint it forward. It helps you and helps the rugby world.
0: They're going to have to take me out in a body bag, Logan. In a body want, bag. If they want to get me out of this here rugby game. Um, but there is your user's guide to helping out in your rugby community. We're sure as hell going to need it post COVID. When the time is right, this is our call to action. Logan Collins, thank you so much for coming on and offering your expertise. Signing off. Always a pleasure. Pick
1: hold your breath, bang it out, go back home and lick your wounds.
0: Coaches always end up becoming mentors. They're going to have to take me out in a body bag.
1: The answer is that if you're having fun with it, forever is the answer. This is your way of paying it back and paying it forward all at the same time. Um, So, but... um, So,
0: but... 6'2 6'3 six six three, 300 yeah I grew into 6'2 I, I grew a 300 there I think I heard of <laughs> 300 just because you're not out there doing the full contact and playing the game doesn't mean you can't contribute on a ton of levels no doubt about it no doubt about that um, I will push back though you don't have to be a cat player for your country to have passion for the game correct If you know what you don't know, then you you truly know what you know. To where rugby
1: is such like a therapeutic sort of part of my life.
0: Email, cold email. you year club president, Logan. Do you like a cold email? A cold email can sometimes like change your fucking life. I was going to say, we obviously have our
1: close ties to the Denver Barbarians RFC and... Bleed Green. Bleed
0: Green. extremely successful career it usually lasts a decade plus that is not a lifetime I think that's an incredibly
1: important topic something you could probably spend an entire podcast on
0: I realized there was a bit more to just helping yourself agree? completely agree